Welcome, everyone. We're glad you're here with us, joining us on the podcast. As you know, our goal is to take the Bible in one hand and news in the other, or the newspaper, or whatever other things are going on in the world, and talk about what's going on in the world. And the biggest thing going on is in New York, where they just passed... A law legalizing same-sex marriage. There you go. a massive celebration, the annual gay pride parade. But this, the, the passage came on a Friday... The parade, I think, was on a on Saturday or Sunday, so and it was a huge up. deal. Some estimate two million people so, celebrating the passage of this. So there's lots of ways that we can talk about this. We can talk about it from the perspective of uh, what is the biblical perspective of it. What right. is it that culture is saying to us? Mm-hmm. Uh, which cut do you want to go first? You want to talk about the Bible? You want to talk about culture or the integration of both of them at the same time? You know, I think I think first we uh, start with the idea. That um, very often the church has done damage to the gay community in the way that we have um, treated them and the way that we have treated folks in our own congregations. We've talked about this before on the podcast right. about how we, how we have, you know, at times, I mean, I'd even go so far as to say as lied to the, to the gay community by um, telling them that... Um, somehow homosexuality is a worse sin than any of the other sins that are listed in the scriptures or saying that um, salvation auto- automatically means that you'll be heterosexual. And so so the first thing I always do in these conversations is just I just want to admit that we've screwed it up and we haven't always reflected Jesus. We know darn well that Jesus would have, uh, if he didn't actively, he would have absolutely welcomed uh, folks who were dealing with those issues uh, to the table in the same way he welcomed prostitutes and tax collectors and anybody else. We know that and we start there. But then we also want to serve as a prophetic voice to culture at large and say, hold on a second. Um, there, are, there are more funda- fundamental issues at play than even sexual orientation and even marriage that, that we would say the gay community lies to the gay community, right? By, by saying uh, that your sexual orientation is the most important thing about you and that your desires are your destiny. Um, we don't agree with either of those. We think that we are all image bearers. We are all tainted and fallen in need of salvation, of course. But the most important thing is that we are image bearers, made in the, in the image of a God who loves us and created us. And then the second thing we would say is that just because you want something, it doesn't mean it's the best thing for you because there is a very clear undercurrent in our culture that says that the, that the um, indulgence of any desire is the highest good and the restriction of the fulfillment of desire is, is the greatest bad. And we just say, well, that, that's just, that's, no matter if you dress that up as morality, you dress it up as religiousness, if you dress it up as just sheer hedonism, that is the worst possible way uh, to make decisions about how to live. And when you bring God into the equation, we come from the supposition that God actually had intentions. There's telos. There's, a, there's an aim and a design that God had for us. And that the best way to be fully human is by aligning ourselves with his purposes. Now, what do you think? Well, I like that. I think that what you're saying, first of all, is the trap in the conversation and culture is that you start coming at it and, and it's saying this is bad. Right. And that just becomes the issue as opposed to... Part of what you're saying is when you deal with the, okay, we've lied, but they lie to you, right. and that uh, a desire becomes a destiny, and then is all desires, 
are all desires good and worth That's living right. out? That's right. And then you're talking about what does it mean for society? What does it mean for us? And you try to frame the conversation that way so that you're not getting into this judgmental, That's right. you know, kind we, of a deal. We should not expect, I mean, we've said this before on the podcast, and it's worth saying over and over again, we do not judge those outside the church. We expect non-Christian people to act like non-Christian people, and we expect Christian people to act like Christian people. Right. So if there were non-Christians talking to me about gay marriage, I would have I would have a conversation that would go. Now the truth the truth will never be compromised, but the way the conversation would go would be different than right. if I were having a conversation with somebody who was in the church, claimed to be a disciple of Jesus, and arguing for its legitimacy. That those would be two different conversations. Right. And Paul makes this distinction, obviously, in the way he deals with the Corinthian church. He says. I'm not going to judge those outside the church. I judge those inside. And so our fundamental posture is we expect Christians to act like Christians, and we expect non-Christians to act like non-Christians. So are we surprised that there are whole segments of society that are celebrating this? Well, of course not. You know, when it's framed as a civil rights issue, when it's framed as it's been oppressive uh, to the gay community and they've been abused and they've been, I mean, anytime it's framed in those terms, I can understand why people would celebrate this. And I, I feel like the church has robbed itself of its moral authority to speak on some of these things because of the sins we've tolerated in our own community. So let's talk about it on the – because you're right. As the conversation goes on, one of the things that happens is at some point there comes a place where we say, I'm a Christian, so I'm going to speak in a Christian perspective. That's right. There's a place up to that where we can connect with culture and say, I understand these issues, and you talk in a cultural realm. Right. But then you come to a point where you say – but from a Christian, my Christian perspective brings these points. So let's just talk first on the cultural side. Right. What would be the key points that we'd want to talk about in just the cultural side? Yeah, on the cultural side, I think one of the things we always want to say, and, and we just repeated it, is we want to say we're sorry mm-hmm. for the ways in which we have not ministered to, represented Jesus as, or we've made um, the, the issue of homosexuality the lightning rod issue. Mm-hmm. And we've just said, well, you know, divorce, yes, it's true of us, but it's not that big a deal. Or premarital sex, yes, true of us, not that big a deal. But homosexuality, oh my goodness. So I think we start there. I think the second thing we say is that our desire is to bless the greater good of the city, right? Mm-hmm. Jeremiah wrote to uh, the, those in exile that they would seek the welfare of the city. We want to seek the welfare of the city. And so I believe that we can work for justice for all. We can work for equal opportunity. We can work for those things and bless those things that are acts of compassion that actually give us moral Standing to talk about the things that are much more controversial. I think the third thing that we do is we never try to take um, six verses that speak of homosexuality and deal with the issue from just those six verses. Outside the church. Outside the church. Right. That is the biggest waste of time, right. I think, in the history of, of how we deal with these things. Right. We have good news to share. And the minute we, we get invited into political discussions that rob us of the ability to tell good news. I don't want to engage them. I want to reframe the conversations on entirely different footing. Okay, so let's wordplay. I'll play a person in the culture. You do. Let's see how you fence. So I come in and say, yeah, okay, The I've heard all that. And I go, but, you know, so where do you stand? Is it, you know, should we, uh, should we give people the right to marriage that's gay? 
my first question to you in and in, in so you're going to answer a question with a question well always. I'm, okay <laughs> i would just say okay so how do you understand are first of all are you a christian is no, my one no i'm going to say no okay so we're going to dialogue and i'm not fantastic christian not christian and then you lead with what was your question again well you've told me the things you've just said right so i get so uh, i've apologized lied, I've said that. That. so now i say yeah but where would you stand then or what do you think about the whole gay marriage thing right well i would start by saying I'll get to that in a second, but there's a bigger conversation. The bigger conversation is whether or not you think that human beings evolved from soup and and are led purely by desire, or if you think there's something that overrides desire. So I might say something, if we were in a conversation, I might say something like, you know what? I'm married, I have three kids, but there's somebody in my church that is so totally hot. And she is unbelievably beautiful. And you know what? My marriage, I mean, we're 11 years in, three kids. You know, she's let herself go a little bit. Um, I, I think I should leave them, and I think I should go pursue this other woman. What do you think? So you're asking him a parable question, and you're, the, the point of the conversation at that point is you're going to say, is this the right thing to do? And, and, I'm not, and I'm not looking to make them say, hey, there's an objective right and wrong. I'm not fighting that battle. Okay. What I'm fighting the battle of is are there things that override what I want? Right. Are there scenarios that override that my desires are the most important thing about me? So I want to keep right. picking at that battle. Good. And, and that one is the one that they would understand in culture because you're saying, if you're going to say desire is a destiny, That's right. you can erode that conversation down to, but I want what I want. Why can't I steal? I want what I want. I want to have multiple wives. Why can't I have Absolutely. three or four wives? You know, and, and people do get that to say... Uh, okay, but then... You and embedded in that. But then the other thing that's embedded in that concept is the idea of telos. Now, I'm not going to use that word. Right. But the idea that, that there's actually an aim or a, uh, a, a template, a design for which human beings can measure their own lives. So I'm actually going to start smuggling that in in the middle of the conversation. And people generally go there. They do. Discussions. They don't have a, a hard nope. time with Nor that do sense they have. of there's a design, there's a That's way right. life works. We kind of believe that together. Right. And it just comes into a problem when people, then you have that conversation, you go, yeah, but then are you going to pass a law that says that I can't get married? Are you going to... Nope. No, not even there. Uh, then I, if, you were, if you were pressing that point, I'd say, no, I'm not going to make that a law. Because I have another, there's a, even a prior conversation. And this is where I would say, listen, I come at this as a follower of Jesus. And Jesus comes, not in a vacuum, but comes as the completion and the fulfillment of this epic story mm -hmm. that begins with the words, in the beginning God created. And so I would literally unpack the good news as creation, fall, redemption, restoration. So I would talk about, hey, everybody's created. We all have this impulse. Anytime you rail against injustice, the unfairness that you feel that gay people are mistreated, that is a God impulse. That is mm -hmm. proof and evidence that you are actually made with a, with a awareness that there are things that should be and that, that the, right, the reality is that those things aren't. And you see that gap and you protest against it. That's a good thing. We're all there. The scriptures then go to the idea that we're all tainted and fallen. I haven't met anybody, unless you're accusing them and judging right. them, I haven't met anybody who isn't willing to admit that. The third thing is that Jesus comes, and if I were having that conversation with you, to restore our full humanity. Right. He comes to restore us to God, but he comes us to restore. He comes to restore us to each other. Mm -hmm. And central to the restoration project is the idea that male and female were created and both needed to reflect the image of God. That it's not just male and it's not just female, but it's both together. So, but let's stop to just make the point. So, as people are listening, I think the most important point that you're doing and modeling is what you're doing is 
if you're in a conversation with a non-believer, what you're trying to do is to give the grand scheme and the gospel the best place. That's right. And so instead of getting involved in these subcategories, well, you're never going to agree because ultimately right. a Christian worldview is going to crash into... Absolutely. We're submitted deal. to the authority of the Bible. They're not. Right. So it, so so instead of devolving into That's right. that right away, That's right. you're going to say, let me talk about the gospel. The gospel is this sense of God making life right. right. We are fallen in that. Jesus comes to restore and that idea of the restoration holding right. that. That's and then right. so you're talking about, but this is what God's doing. That's right. So you're creating the conversation me, at a different point. It is. And I also want to affirm what God is doing in them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a conversation with a gal who confessed to um, a six-year affair with a pastor's wife. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she's a young lady um, who's had an affair with a pastor's wife. She comes at me with this and she's just waiting for the hammer. Mm-hmm. Now, there isn't a hammer. I mean, she knows. She's confessing. You right. can see the shame on her. But now she's a believer, right? So well, she doing... claims to be. Okay. So we then have the conversation. And this is where it gets a little different from how I would handle somebody as a, as a non-believer. Right. But this is good. But, but we then have the conversation of, okay, so talk to me about that. Have you always been attracted to women? No. Um, tell me about your relationship with your dad. Now, I don't mean to stereotype here. I'm just telling you this particular story. Horrible relationship with her dad. A youth pastor who um, had dated her, abused her, and rejected her. Wow. Now, dad is a hardcore legalistic Christian. Youth pastor, hardcore legalistic Christian. I said, what are the odds that dating a pastor's wife right. could have something to do with that? See, for me, homosexuality is a symptom it's not a root we we make it a root issue we say hey this is the issue for people it's not the issue for people it is always a symptom of deeper things and i don't mean to say it's always simple it's not it's very complex i don't mean to imply that it's always chosen it's not sometimes those impulses are 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 had without there ever being chosen nobody says hey i'd really like to be attracted to the same sex i think for for a minority it could be I don't mean to say any of that, but I do mean to say our posture towards people is the same posture as Jesus. When he looks at the woman who's had five husbands, he acknowledges that she's had five husbands, but that's not the issue. It's a symptom of the issue. So he makes what the real issue is the issue. And that's what we want to do with people. We just, we don't want to keep saying, hey guys, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, and we're going to battle you in court. Right. The issue is, no, 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 no. Jesus has done, has come to do something far bigger. And that's the story we want to keep telling. Now, to those who are in sin, who are calling themselves believers, we want to be very consistent, whether it's inappropriate divorce, premarital sex, gossip, slander, greed. I mean, if it's sin, it's sin. Right. And we want to repent of the double standards. So our goal, as always, is to try to get a conversation going as opposed to stopping conversations. And that's what right. we found is even in the culture, people can have a conversation but we can't let it disintegrate down to where they want to take it. We've got to bring it to a higher level. And the best part is people will have the conversation. And so we're glad you're here. Yep. Join the conversation with us. We hope this is helpful. God bless you. All right. Everyone. Have a great day.